0: All right, so in 2008, 2008, the AFC championship in the NFL was being played between the Chargers, the San Diego Chargers, and the New England Patriots. The Patriots were working on a perfect season that year. They choked in the Super Bowl. So here's the deal. The quarterback for the San Diego Chargers at the time, and I think he still is the quarterback for the San Diego Chargers, his name is Philip Rivers. If you know nothing about football, don't sweat it. It's not going to matter for this story. So just like, whew, you can breathe out. Philip Rivers played that 2008 AFC Championship on a knee with a torn ACL. Like, t- had an MRI, they proved your ACL is torn. So he went into surgery quickly thereafter, had surgery, and they braced him up and he's like, your boy's going to play. And he played in the next game. Messed it up in the game against the Colts before. Played in the game with the Patriots the next week with a newly repaired but recently torn ACL. And if, you're in, if in your brain you're like, yeah, I mean, how important is the ACL? The article that I read said this. The ACL is like a seatbelt. And you can certainly like drive your car without a seatbelt and maybe you make it. But playing in the NFL is like being in NASCAR. And so you put your seatbelt on if you're driving in NASCAR. And so to play without your ACL or to play with a bum ACL is a significant deal. And this guy pushed through pain and pushed through every bit of whatever you have to go through while you have a torn ACL to play this game. And the article said that he did so because he did not want to miss out on the chance as a 26-year-old NFL quarterback to make it to his first Super Bowl. He pushed through the pain push through whatever it took because the prize at the end was great. Now I want to tell you that. Because this is where we're going to find ourselves in the final beatitude with Jesus. He's going to talk about a people that are going to face what he will say is persecution. But they can do so knowing that the reward at the end is worth whatever struggle they have to face. And in fact, he will declare blessing on these people. So let's look at it in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 10. I'll read through verse 12. Matthew 5, verse 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you and others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you can remember where we've been for the past few weeks, this is our seventh week in this series called Be, as we look at the B attitudes there in Matthew chapter 5. This is what Jesus is doing. We made this clear, hopefully, last week. Jesus is painting a picture for the people that are listening of what the kingdom is like and how incredible the kingdom is and what kind of people he declares blessing on in this kingdom. And as he does this, what he is showing is this kingdom is unlike any other kingdom you've ever heard or seen. Why? Because I am a king like nothing you have ever heard or seen. And Jesus is painting this picture of what the kingdom of God is like and just how incredible the kingdom of God is is and maybe how even upside down the kingdom of God might feel to us because he comes on the scene Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 and he says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And then finally today, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. If you are building a kingdom and establishing it establishing it, and saying, these are the people that are celebrated in the kingdom, the ones that Jesus just listed are not the ones that you are going to list off. And it's to show to the people listening and to everyone around, and for that matter, to us today, through God preserving them in the Scriptures, there's nothing like this kingdom because there's nothing like this king. And look how incredible this kingdom is. And so as we found, our, found ourselves doing in the last few weeks, we'll answer the question, who does Jesus say is blessed? And why does he say they are blessed? Or maybe we could say it like this, what is the blessing that he bestows on them? So who does Jesus say is blessed? He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. That is the opposite of the kind of people that you might bless. That, you, that is the, probably the exact opposite of the kind of people that you think would get blessed by God. But he says, in this kingdom, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So we need to be careful about what Jesus is talking about and what he's not. Let's start with what he's not talking about when he says persecuted for righteousness' sake. Here's what he's not talking about. He's not saying, blessed are those who go through general suffering. Sickness, relational issues, witnessing the death of a loved one what seems like way too early. Jesus is not talking about general suffering. Is God a comforter to us in our suffering? No doubt. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Second thing Jesus is not talking about is facing suffering because of your own sin or because of expressing your own opinions. Jesus is not saying, blessed are those who are persecuted for your sin or blessed are those who are persecuted because you gave a really aggressive opinion on social media. No, not what Jesus is talking about. In fact, First Peter actually helps us out with understanding this. First Peter chapter 2, verse 20 says this, For what credit is it if you, when you sin, are beaten for it? you endure. He says, what's the point if you suffer for the sake of you sinning? There isn't a point. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. 1 Peter 4 verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Peter says, and Jesus says, you ought not find yourself suffering for sinning. And Jesus is not declaring blessing on people that are persecuted for their own sin. Certainly, we see that happen today. Certainly, maybe you've even faced that today. You shouldn't chalk that up as persecution. You should chalk that up as consequence for your sin. So then, what is Jesus talking about? Jesus is saying this. When he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, he says, he's saying this. You are being shoved out because of your association with and modeling of Jesus. You're being persecuted because of your association with and your modeling of Jesus. He says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for what? For righteousness' sake. for your association with and your modeling of Jesus. it's as If in this moment, Jesus, if I could just paraphrase it, Jesus is saying, blessed are those who have taken up with the rabbi from Hicksville, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're the people that think that Jesus is really the Messiah and it's going to transform your life. And you're going to get persecuted for it. Blessed are you. And when we think about persecution... Often we think about like, okay, like I've heard these stories on the news, like guys that are in like Egypt getting their heads chopped off for being a Christian. Yeah, that's persecution. You're right. That is persecution. However, you're likely not facing that currently. You're likely not getting threats about death for being a Christ follower and being faithful. However, persecution for righteousness sake certainly does happen today for you. This is a student that gets labeled judgmental for disagreeing with things that are against God's design. And you do so kindly and you do so in a loving way, but you immediately get labeled judgmental. Because you say, God designed this to be a certain way and we should live in it. And you get labeled judgmental. This is the girl or the guy that chooses to respect the opposite sex that he or she dates in high school or junior high because they decide not to push the limits physically. Or maybe they don't choose to date at all. And as a result, they get made fun of. They get called the name. Oh, you're prude. You're the goody two-shoes. Maybe it gets worse than that because guys start ribbing each other in the locker room thinking, oh, you don't, you don't date girls. Oh, you don't do that with her. Is it because you're fill in the blank? This is persecuted for righteousness' sake. This is the student that has been so transformed by the gospel that they find themselves talking about it daily or weekly with their friends or their classmates because they cannot help it. They are just spilling over with, you've got to know Jesus. And you know what they get labeled? They get labeled annoying. And people shove them out or people ignore them or people want nothing to do with them. Or people say... You say you got transformed by Jesus. you. But last year you were parting with us. They talk about who you used to be, but not who you are. And they shove back on you for maybe past mistakes or your old self, but don't notice the new creation that God has made you and that is just overflowing with the good news of the gospel, and they shove you out because of it. You're persecuted for righteousness' sake. This is the person that Jesus declares blessing on. Because it's in that moment with that person that they're thinking, maybe I'm the only one here. Is this really worth it? Like, is this, is this holding on to Jesus thing, living God's way, is it really going to be worth it? Because is this, if this is the product, if getting made fun of, if getting called names, if getting 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 shoved out of stuff, if that's the product, is this really worth it? And Jesus looks at that person and says, You're blessed. In my kingdom. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Do you find yourself consistently standing for what God delights in and living God's way, but finding opposition for it? Jesus says there's blessing for you in his kingdom. There's blessing for you. So that's who is blessed, but why are they blessed, or what is the blessing? says this, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the kingdom of heaven, the inheritance that is coming. You know who it belongs to? The ones who are associating themselves with Jesus and constantly getting dinged for it. The ones who are desiring to live God's way and getting shoved out. The ones who are associating themselves with Christ and saying, we ought to live God's way and getting made fun of over and over and over again for the choices they make, for the way that they live. Jesus says, yours is the kingdom. The kingdom is for you. The inheritance that's coming, it's for people like you. This would have shocked the crowd. They have certainly thought the kingdom of heaven is for the religious. The kingdom of heaven is for the rich. The kingdom of heaven is for the powerful. And Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is for the oppressed. The kingdom of heaven is for those that take up association with me. In Jesus' kingdom, the blessing, the blessing of the kingdom doesn't belong to the oppressor, but to the oppressed. Even when it doesn't look like it, the kingdom belongs to the oppressed. And if, you're, if you're, you're with me now, if you're tracking with me at this point, you are probably asking the question, if Jesus declares blessing on that kind of person, one who is persecuted for righteousness' sake, and they have to go through that, like they're going to associate with Jesus, and they're going to get persecuted for it, who signs up for that? Who sticks around for that? What does it take for a disciple to persevere? To be joyful in persecution. The first thing you find in verse 11 and 12. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you. Falsely on my account. Verse 12. Rejoice in me glad. Why? For your reward is great in heaven. The first reason you can persevere, disciple, in the midst of persecution is by looking to the reward, because the reward is better. You may suffer for a little while, you may suffer for a lifetime, but the reward that is coming to you is far greater than the suffering that you are currently facing for associating with Jesus. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 6-7 says this, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The reward that is coming is praise and glory and honor. So, oh, Christian who faces persecution for associating with Jesus, your reward is praise and glory and honor. From who? From the very king of the universe, Jesus Christ himself. Your reward's better. Hold on. Persevere. Face the persecution with joy, because your reward's great in heaven. First Peter 4, 12 through 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. It, it is as if Peter is writing to these people saying, If you're going to associate with Jesus, he told you this would happen. Verse 13. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings. That you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, check this out. You are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. The reward that you gain by persevering is far greater. Hold on. Hold on. Face the persecution. Get made fun of for standing with Jesus. Don't bail. Your reward is great in heaven. And this reward that's in heaven, it's not just a little bit better than not being persecuted. It's not like if the scales were being weighed, it would just be like, yeah, reward in heaven won out a little bit than not being persecuted. It's not like that. This reward that you have waiting for you in heaven is incomparable to the ease that you might face by not associating yourself with Jesus. It's the kind of reward that you will willingly face anything for. It's the kind of reward. that the disciples that are following Jesus hear him say, you want to come after me? Take up your cross, deny yourself. You want to come after me? You're going to get persecuted just like me. You want to come after me, you're going to die like me. It's the kind of reward that they hear that and they say, let's ride. Let's do this. It's the kind of reward that sends the majority of those disciples to their death for associating with Jesus. Because the reward is great in heaven. They got it. Peter was crucified upside down. Disciples were boiled alive for the sake of associating with Jesus. Who does that? Those that know the reward's great in heaven. Those that know that Jesus is the real deal. He said this would happen. He called us blessed and said your reward's great in heaven. Let's persevere. How else do we persevere? What else does Jesus say? Let's look back at verse 12. It says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Second reason, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The second reason that we can persevere in the midst of persecution is because being treated that way proves that you're faithful. When you face persecution, what is being proven, Christian, is that you are a faithful disciple of Jesus. How do I know that? John 15, 18 through 21 says this. Jesus is speaking. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. These are really encouraging words from the Lord. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you were not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they don't know him who sent me. Jesus promised his disciples, you want to follow me? They hated me. And because of me, they'll hate you too. But hold on. You're faithful. 2 Timothy 3.12. This is Paul's words to his like son in the faith, Timothy. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. This is what he says to Timothy. Hey, Timothy, you want to be godly, bro? Here's point number one. You're going to be persecuted. Thanks for the encouragement, Paul. Take that to heart. I'm going to use that in my quiet time tomorrow. And this is what he says all who desire to live a godly life. So if you're here and you're like, yes, 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 I want to live a godly life, you'll be persecuted for it. You'll be persecuted for it. But not only should you hold on because your reward's great, you should rejoice and hold on because you're being proven faithful. You're being proven faithful. He says, rejoice and be glad because they treated the prophets the same way. Read any of the prophets. They come and says, thus says the Lord. And people were like, shut your mouth. We don't want to hear you. We will beat you. We will persecute you. We will shove you out. Stop telling us the words of God. And, Pete, and Jesus says, they treated the prophets that way. They treated me that way. They're going to treat you that way. But hold on. Hold on. Your reward's great in heaven, and you're being proven faithful. Jesus gives the opposite of this in Luke chapter 6. He gives this woe statement in Luke chapter 6, verse 26. He says, woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets, he flips it over. He says, look, if you're sitting here going, ah, Jesus, I don't know if I want to do that. I'd rather people really like me. Like, I just want to be the person that gets along with everybody. Like, I'll morph to whatever crowd I'm in. Like, I know, like, hey, Jesus, just get in my pocket. I'm going with the people that don't really get down with you. Like, I just need you to go away for a little bit. And then with your Christian friends, you're your Christian, right? But if you're the kind of person that's going to follow after Jesus, he's saying you're the same in every arena. If you desire to just be liked by all people, woe to you. They did that to the false prophets. And you know what happened to false prophets? They got stoned. I'm not sure that's how you want to go out. I think you want to go out faithful. I think you want to go out faithful to Jesus no matter what it might cost you. Because your reward's great in heaven. Because you're being proven faithful. Faithful. And here's even more than that. Because God gets tons of glory when you do this. When you take it on the chin for associating with Jesus, God gets tons of glory because the world sees that and they think, why won't you just bail? Why won't you just quit? Give up on Jesus. This is too hard. Get out of here. Bail. stop living that way. Your friends are making fun of you. You're saying you don't want to have sex with her, but, but your friends are giving you grief for that. Just give up on that. I can't. That's not how God designed me to live in his way is best. Just stop talking about Jesus. You're so annoying. People would like you if you would shut your mouth. I can't. If Jesus lived, died, and got it from the dead, I have to tell you this. Yo, we passed the test that we stole around the classroom. Why didn't you take it? You could have gotten a 100. I can't. That's not honoring to God. And his ways are best. I'd rather be faithful to God than get an A. And so I'll take it on the chin over and over again for associating with Jesus. Because there's no king like him. The reward's great in heaven. I'm being proven faithful. And God gets lots of glory when we live this way. Go find a story. Just Google a story about a Christian martyr. And see what happened in the area after that happened. It is most likely that the message of the gospel went viral. Read the book of Acts. Get through more than four chapters without seeing somebody get persecuted. And then quickly thereafter, thousands of people believing the gospel. Why does that happen? Because people see that happen and they think, what kind of king do they have to be associating with for them to take that and still associate with him, he must be the Messiah. He must be God. We should follow him. So hold on. Hold on. The last question that we will ask, we asked last week, okay, so then what does this say about the kingdom? If that's what Jesus says, if that's who Jesus says is blessed and that's what Jesus says is the blessing, What does that say about the kingdom? Here's the first thing that it says about the kingdom. Faithfulness to God is the measure of success and what is rewarded in this kingdom. Not popularity, not being rich, not being a people pleaser, not being powerful. You know what's rewarded in this kingdom? Faithfulness. So, oh, Christian who gets bypassed by every other social group, because you're remaining faithful to God, God sees that, and there's a reward for you. That's how great this kingdom is. Second thing it says about the kingdom is it proves to us again that there is nothing like this kingdom. Why? Because who looks at this crowd that's persecuted, that's taken it on the chin for associating with Jesus and says, you get blessing. In this kingdom, you're blessed. No kingdom does that but the kingdom of God. There's nothing like this kingdom. So here's what I hope for you at the end of all of this series. That if you're a follower of Jesus, you would see this is the kingdom that you're a part of. And there's nothing like it. And as a result, you know what you ought to do? Go to your friends who don't know Christ and say, the kingdom is for you too. Come and trust Jesus. Yeah, but I, you don't know my past. You don't know the mistakes I've made. Oh, but maybe I do. But guess what? Jesus says there's blessing in this kingdom for you through everybody who trusts me. Yeah, but I got baggage. There's blessing in the kingdom for you. Bring your baggage to Jesus. And maybe you're here and you're not a believer. You're just checking this thing out. You've got drug here. You don't know what's going on. I, I don't know. I don't know what your issue is. If it's a baggage issue, I've just got too much for Jesus to love me, for Jesus to let me in his kingdom. You're exactly the kind of person that he's opening the kingdom to. Bring your baggage to Jesus and step in the kingdom. Trust Jesus. And if it's a belief issue, like, I don't know if this whole God thing is real. I'll say it like I said it last week. If Jesus really did live, really did die, and really did get up from the dead, friend, you're on the hook to deal with that. Nobody else in history ever said, I'm going to die and then I'm going to get up from the dead and then pulled it off. Jesus did. And if he did that, he's God and we should listen to him and we should follow him. We should give our lives to him.